you can miss me now I ain't really got time to invest in your bullshit now Tell me why you wanna test me when you know I got a far point out You don't see the bigger picture cause you love your polaros And that's okay though How could you please cease to gas the weak? They look better on we You said me's could you serve our knees Bless my French like we Need a little drink in my solo cup Might fuck around do a solo uh Wasn't really made to be a runner uh me and my team about to fuck it up Put that shit in barrel so I know that you feel me Mama needs bloody, she's to pray for her baby Lost a lot of family, that's way on me heavy Little bit of hell, get a whole lot of heaven So every single song's like me go crazy I see the blitz coming, make a real life ready Full court press and I still drop 80 Standing in the middle when confetti rain Oh baby, you can't tell me shit right Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel We're back finally for episode 38 it's been a couple of weeks since our last episode, but that's okay. We know you guys miss us. Uh, and it's getting close to tax season, and I'm sure everyone is very busy looking at the markets, but also so at the same time trying to find a decent CPA crypto accountant. And guess what? You're probably having a really hard time because taxes are already complicated enough as it is. So that being said, we figured we'd have a very timely episode um, to talk a little bit about the thing that everyone loves talking about, which is taxes. Um, that's my favorite thing. Hope it's yours too. Um, and so I'm joined today again with my faithful co-host, Dr. Corey Petty, because he's got a PhD. He needs to be here because it's taxes. And it's very important that we have a lot of smart people in the room to talk about taxes. Um, yeah, one thing then, they don't teach you when you're doing your PhD is taxes. So this is, uh, relevant <laughs> no, and interesting to me. That is exactly so, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, paying back all those student loans, Yeah, there's a tax break there. That's important to know. Um, <laughs> I think it's called a, ten, is it a 1099G, something like that. I don't know. Could be wrong. But, or 1095G. I don't, I don't know. That's why we got a tax guy here. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, um, Corey, do you want to introduce yourself to the show? Hey, guys. As always, host number three from the Bitcoin podcast, faithful guest of the uh, the the block channel. I always enjoy the guests that come on the show, and I look forward to kind of um, digging into the things we all know are coming up, but uh, fear of taxes. <laughs> yes, of course. So, um, as, as I was saying before, we're here um, to talk about taxes. Uh, the name of the company um, that is here today is Token Tax, and we're joined by one of the founders, um, Zachary McClure. Um, Zachary, did I say your name correctly? Yeah, Zachary or Zach is good. Excellent. Okay, Zach. All right, so so Zach, um, go ahead and give the audience uh, a briefer or, or or make it elongated, whatever have you, uh, on your background, how you ended up getting into the crypto space, how long you've been in it, and what you've been working on up until this point. Sure, sounds good. So to get, I've had a little bit of an eclectic background. So I I started out studying accounting and finance back uh, in college at USC. And then um, I went and worked investment banking for a couple of years. I did strategy consulting. Um, and while I was in investment banking, I started teaching high school students about personal finance uh, through an organization called Operation Hope. And I just loved like personal finance, how empowering it was, just teaching kids about um, compounding interest rates and credit cards. And like, yeah, you, you and your parents can open a bank account. Um, and I just loved that day-to-day activity. I was only doing it for an hour a week when I was, while I was an investment banking analyst. But after that, I decided to go and join Teach for America. And uh, I spent a few years teaching math here in Brooklyn. 
where I still live. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into like accounting, personal finance. Um, and then while I was doing that, I kept working in the summers, still doing finance stuff, still doing, um, you know, consulting over in Africa and India for, for nonprofit organizations, just through connections I had made while I was doing banking. And then I went back to school, got my MBA. So not a doctor, but at least got a master's. And, and then, um, that's what matters. I, that's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> that's plenty of education, I guess. Um, and then I went, I spent a couple of years at Bain and then most recently I decided to be my own boss. So I moved into the crypto space and was just, I started out as an investor, just got interested in it, um, a little over a year ago and was kind of like watching, you know, I had some Bitcoin, was watching other coins, was watching Ethereum come out, um, get listed on Coinbase, that whole situation. When I started seeing the price appreciation, um, the accountant, my inner accountant started realizing like, wow, this is going to have crazy tax implications for people who are one, like racking up huge short-term capital gains. And if you, if you catch it in 2017, there's like a way to harvest your losses and kind of block it. But two, it's really complicated and people don't even realize that they owe taxes, especially when they're sw swapping crypto to crypto. So I just saw like, you know, a huge percentage of the population um, barreling down this path of like a huge collision with the IRS that was going to be painful for everyone. And, and then on top of that, you know, from investing in stocks and like being passionate of, in investing, I've learned all the different accounting methods for when you sell, sell stock and you can use like FIFO, LIFO, all that stuff. And basically there, the IRS lets you use a number of different accounting methods as long as you use it consistently. So that was like the premise of token taxes that if you use FIFO, you're going to pay crazy amounts of taxes because that means the first Bitcoin you bought is the first one you sell. So because the price has gone up so much, people are selling a Bitcoin they bought for a thousand, they're selling it for 15,000 and racking up a $14,000 gain. Whereas if they use LIFO, for example, last in first out, they would be able to sell the last Bitcoin they bought and have a much lower gain. And then taking that a step further, you can basically use specific shares method and use like what token tax does is an algorithm that takes into account your marginal tax rate, your capital gains rate, and basically optimizes your taxes. So you have the minimum tax liability in 2017, and it's all deferred into the future. Um, yeah, and so- Ah, okay, kind of I got it. So basically, so basically your, um, your service is set up by design to like kind of have people uh, have the most pragmatic reporting for this year uh, in hopes that there's more regulatory clarity going forward. So some, some like, for mostly like kind of like, like punting that liability a little bit at a time. That's part of it. But also part of it is like, look at, you know, take someone who made a million dollars last year in 2017 day trading. You know, we have a client like this. He he was basically going to have to write a check to the IRS for 500K if he recorded, reported all that. And, and then what happens if his crypto portfolio crashes in January, which is actually what happened, you know, and it went down to like 150K or 200K. Now he still owes the IRS 500K because of the way he's recognizing his gains, but his all his whole crypto stack is only worth 200K and he didn't have any cash on the side. So you always want to defer your taxes into the future, especially for an asset as volatile as as cryptocurrency. Like this is what happened in year 2000 with the with the tech bubble. And you might you might talk to people who are like, oh yeah, I'm still rolling forward tech, uh, capital losses from the tech bubble crash. Because, you know, if my friend, he lost 500, or he paid 500K to the IRS. Now, if he loses all his money the next year, you can't go back and refile your 2017 taxes and get that money back. 
you can only take $3,000 losses a year. So you will be rolling that forward for you know, hundreds of years to get his money back. Um, and so that's why you want to defer your taxes into the future. Plus, right now, they're all short-term capital gains. So you want to pay as little in short-term capital gains as you can and push things off into long-term capital gains, which means you held it for more than a year because they're taxed at a much lower rate. Plus, 2017 had much higher tax rates than 2018. Not to, sorry to go into so much detail. <laughs> no, no, no. The this detail, is all fantastic. Yeah. Yes, this is great detail. But, yeah, please please keep, keep, keep going. Keep going. Don't let me yeah. stop you. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it's not really about, I mean, one, you always want to pay your taxes in the future than now. That's why we have retirement accounts. You know, like 401ks, it's not really free. Yeah, I mean, you reduce your taxes today, but you pay more taxes in the future, but theoretically at a much lower rate. Like that's, that's when you, and you can, you know, use that money when you have less income and spread your tax burden around at lower rates. So it's kind of like based on the same thing as why you should use a retirement account or a 401k or an IRA. Yeah, so I have this, this like, so I've, I've recently taken money out and started thinking about taxes along with what I've taken out and how to account for it. And the main problem that I'm facing as someone who's been in the space for a lot of years, I have to try and figure out where that money came from and what I did with it while it's how I spread it around from years ago. And that's, and, and, and because the nature of especially early, early Bitcoin, early crypto, early cryptocurrencies, there's a lot of anonymous services that I simply can't track by like looking at the blockchain and it becomes a nightmare on keeping track on where this money came from. How does a system like yours help with people like me? Cause I guarantee you, I'm not the only one that's trying to do this. Yeah. So just to clarify what your problem is, you, you know, you bought Bitcoin on different exchanges, you moved it to wallet, you moved it to another exchange, but you don't know exactly where you bought what Bitcoin and what price and stuff like that. Yeah, or, so like it's, or, it kind of went into this black hole. And then like say I bought, just take a, I think a standard example that I think a lot of people can relate to. I bought a bunch of cryptocurrency, say Bitcoin in 2014 on Coinbase. It then, as a, as a, like, as a, you know, secure cryptocurrency holder, I took my money off of Coinbase and put it in my own wallet. Throughout the years, it's moved to a myriad of places, changed hands. I've tried services. I've used ShapeShift, all these different types of services that then move that money into different cryptocurrencies. And then this year, I put some of that back into Coinbase and sold it back into fiat. How do I account for that? Hey, it sounds a little sketchy here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> You um, think it sounds sketchy, but that's literally the nature of crypto. If you're in early, a lot of these did not have the appropriate accounting services or like the actual like transactional like uh, like extraction methods for you to be able to get that. And a lot of it was because a lot of these companies might have been fly by night, and who would have known? But they they weren't ever looking to report anyway. So we've also so been, now it's we've had this on, narrative where it was yeah. if you don't hold your keys, you don't own your crypto, and so yeah. it was very very dangerous, especially back then, to keep your money on someone else's exchange. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people. So, do you think that narrative isn't really true, or like it's pretty safe on Coinbase? Just for um, it depends on what money you're talking about. If you have lots and lots and lots of money, you should probably have it in a hardware wallet, which is the most secure solution. But I think now we have better accounting practices of keeping track of that type of stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, basically, I guess um, I would break the answer up into a few parts. So first. If you have your transaction data of what, and specifically, 
your buys and your sells, that's all we would need to put together your capital gain and loss um, view for all of the all of the transactions you wrote. So basically, like let's say you've bought and sold on five different exchanges, you've transferred all over and done all these. Tra- all we need is the buys and sells on every exchange. As long as as long as we have every exchange that you've ever bought and sold on, our algorithm can figure it out, and you don't have to go and like audit your blockchain and audit you know, figure out like, oh, I transferred it to this wallet and I had this basis. So um, that's the short answer. And then what complicates that is like, say you've been spending your Bitcoin on things. So if you've been spending Bitcoin to buy things, what you owe is capital gains tax on the appreciation of that Bitcoin. So if you bought it for 100 and then while it was worth 400, you bought like a coffee with it, you would owe basically $3 of gain for every dollar you spent. Um, And so that's like a separate piece of the transaction. So you know, our basic package could handle the first thing that you're talking about. And then if you want, if we need to figure out, you know, what you the gain on, on spending Bitcoin or if you've been paying people in Bitcoin, like if you're hiring people to do your show or whatever and paying them in Bitcoin, it's the same thing. You owe tax on the appreciation to the point where you sent it to someone. Um, but basically, if you've just been buying and selling, it's, it's actually quite easy as long as we can, as long as you know um, all your exchanges. Now, people who okay, have like... Well- records of an exchange that's that's more difficult i've got one more i've got one more example for you that i think will be probably pretty common um for a lot of crypto people myself included for one say you were in a salaried position at a bitcoin or a crypto company right you were a normal you know taxed like individual you know you would have your uh, uh, uh your, your gross and you'd have your net and then you know your net salary at the end of each pay period um, is then paid out in the form of Bitcoin instead of the form of check. So it's paid out the current, like whatever spot market price is, say on like Coinbase, and then you get transferred that equivalent amount in Bitcoin, which trans- correlates to the amount in USD that you would have gotten for your net. How does an individual who had who already paid taxes on getting money, and then so now are they taxed twice by having to pay capital gains on, say if they then they took that money in order to pay for their cost of living, rent, food, et cetera, what comes after that? Are they basically paying capital gains on top of their income already? Um, okay, so basically, the to, so if I'm getting paid in Bitcoin, for example, I get paid every month in Bitcoin, I, I owe ordinary income tax, just to like as if I was getting paid in cash or getting paid in any other form, based on the yep. value of what I got the day I got it. So like, if you're making 5K a week or 5K a month and you're getting paid 5k a month, sorry, and you're getting paid in Bitcoin. So your annual pay will be 60k. So that's what you report as ordinary income. Now, mm-hmm. when you now say you have all this Bitcoin, if you if you don't actually sell it or use it to pay your living expenses or anything, then that's it. You don't owe any other taxes. It's appreciated in value, but you haven't recognized that gain, so you don't owe any taxes on it. But if you've been spending it, like paying your rent or whatever, then it's what I mentioned before, where basically you're only liable for the gain over so when you receive it on say January 31st, you get your $5,000. That is, you pay that. That counts as ordinary income, but then that Bitcoin you received, the basis of it is $5,000. So if I sell it a week later for $5,100, I don't owe tax on the whole $5,100. I only owe tax on the 100 of gain. Um, it's basically so, like when you receive it, that's the cost basis, as if you bought an investment. 
So basically, if I was getting paid from Bitcoin, say Bitcoin was $1,000, and it was that point for maybe about the entire year, say the entirety of like uh, the entirety of 2017 up to a certain point. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you go to, you go to, and you're at the same time, you're again, paying for your cost of living goods, services. Um, and then you go to like pay taxes. But at this point, Bitcoin is like $12,000 when you go to pay taxes. Like, what is the so basically you're going to be liable for the entire appreciation of that through that whole period? Well, if you sell it, are you saying you sell it then at the end of 2017? No, no, no. You basically you're selling it periodically throughout that entire year. So right? basically, it'd be every time you sell it, that's a taxable event. So if you've been it. so if it if it stayed at a thousand the whole time, you received it at a thousand and it never went up until that very end. Then every mm -hmm. time you're using it up to that point, you don't owe any taxes on that because it hasn't hasn't appreciated. Basically, like as if you got paid in dollars, but the dollar didn't appreciate. And you know, currencies are specifically included from excluded by the IRS from small capital gains for exactly this issue, because mm -hmm. like, but that's why they came out with that information saying Bitcoin is not a currency. It's a, it's a, an intangible property. Back in 2014, like the main mm -hmm. thing they've ever really said about it. That was actually in response to like people saying it was a currency to try to avoid this capital gain issue right here, but. Um, but yeah, to your point, so if it was worth a thousand, then it went up to twelve thousand. So what's kind of crazy is this is this happens to people like you know when Facebook IPO or when companies IPO, their founders end up owing taxes on like the value of of shares they receive, and then they end up having to sell shares just to pay that tax. And then by selling those shares, they they rack up more more capital, capital gains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like exactly what's happening to people right now who have huge crypto holdings, like. You know, people start. You start with 10k, and now your your holding your holdings are worth 200k, but you owe 50k in taxes. Well, you know, if this guy doesn't have any cash or any other way to pay his taxes, he has to sell more stuff just to pay his taxes. So it's like a a positive feedback loop that just causes more and more taxes. That's why I was so excited about like BlockFi or Salt or um, a company that would take your crypto as collateralized debt. Yes, exactly. That's right. Yeah, or these yeah. stable coins like uh, MakerDAO. I just saw the founders of that present, and that looks pretty exciting. But it's just, you know, it's not to like just to get around taxes, but it's because you want to hold the asset, but you want to be able to pay your taxes at the same time. And of course, it's like, of course. Um, but yeah, there was no way to do that. So, you know, that was kind of like our our higher level strategy is helping people who have really complicated situations like that. Like, how do you get enough cash to pay your taxes without selling all your super appreciated assets? Like, what are you supposed to do? Um, and like, yeah, people are harvesting losses from stocks they've owned and things like that just to block short-term capital gains because short-term capital gains long story short are taxed at like two or two and a half times the rate of long-term capital gain that's why our algorithm is so value creating for people in the crypto space like if you're just investing in stocks and bonds fifo might not save you that much money i mean or sorry like our algorithm might not save you that much money because people hold stocks for a long time don't sell them all the time and when they do sell them if they've been reinvesting dividends they want to sell the oldest ones that will get long-term capital gain treatment. That's like why FIFO is even the common, the most common accounting, is to avoid short-term capital gains for like long-term buy-and-hold stock investors. And it's yeah. just like it just so happens that because crypto went up in value so much, and so many people joined the space just in the last year, so everything is short-term capital gains. It's just like a, a crazy confluence of events that have created a like that people are shining a light on this, the accounting differences uh, that you can use 
and how much money you can save using different a method, different using a different method. Excuse me. So, what do you think the likelihood? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Corey, but just real quickly, what do you think the likelihood of um, the 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 IRS coming out with any sort of additional clarity around like how to report taxes before the you know the end of like let's say April 15th? Because last year they waited until I mean in 2014 they waited till the very last moment in like I think like April or something like that in order to like make notice about their new uh, ruling. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean surprisingly typical. I mean, it's shocking to me in a lot of ways that they haven't issued any guidance at all. I think shocking to a lot of people, but you know, a lot of, um, but basically what I think they're waiting to see is like what accounting methods do people use and like, what is thought leadership out there? What are people writing about? What are like well-known crypto accountants writing about? Cause there isn't agreement. It's a really a gray area. And I think my guess is the IRS is going to sit back, like look at all the things that people try to do, all the things that people write about, and hopefully just like come up with a really sensible, this is how it should be taxed. And, you know, a lot of people are trying like these 1031 exchanges and, you know, where they're saying like, oh, I, I exchanged Bitcoin for Ripple. So the value of my Bitcoin transfers to Ripple and I don't owe the cost basis transfers to the Ripple and I don't owe any, any tax. And like that's typically used in the past to for real estate transactions. And it's a pretty complicated set of procedures you have to follow to actually get that treatment, which is like have a third party and this and that. But a lot of people are being aggressive and trying to do that. And so we'll see if the IRS allows it, but potentially they could disallow that and then charge people a penalty, charge people interest. Mm. Uh, mm. But some people are trying it anyway because they'll save so much money. But basically what I think will happen is they'll probably issue guidance in four or five months. And you probably think it's best to like take an extension for most people in crypto if they have a large like like sum. Well, the crazy thing is you owe your taxes April fifteenth, whether you file an extension or not. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah so unless course. you're gonna like pay a huge check to the IRS to just like here hold my money while I figure it out. I mean that's the biggest problem with the people doing a Section ten thirty one exchange. Like if you're doing it to save two grand on your taxes, well then you should just overpay your taxes to the IRS by two grand because they're probably not gonna come back to you for a year or two years. And they'll come back and be like, hey, we disallowed your treatment. And this is my experience with the IRS. Like, they'll say, oh, your education credit claiming or this or that. We disallow that from two years ago. And then they charge you interest on that, compounding at 4%. And then, you know, sometimes they'll charge penalties too. And in this case, they, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they charge a 20% penalty. So, you know, if you're talking about a big amount of money, like 50K, 100K, We'll tack on a 20% penalty on that plus 4% interest over the next couple of years. And it's, you know, you don't, but you don't want to prepay your taxes either because then the IRS is just holding 100K of yours till they decide whether they approve your treatment or not. So it's a really, it's a, it's a, like a tough situation to catch 22. Dude, this is, this is like taxes and crypto is just, it's, it's just so <laughs> awfully co complex. I, I hope, I hope in the future we look back at this and laugh at how complex it was, but I have a feeling we won't. Yeah, it's I mean, like it's it's, it's crazy. You know, we have all the different filing statuses in every state. Every city has a different tax rate, different marginal tax rate. Like it's it's literally calculus to figure out your optimal <laughs> tax. Like you're zooming in and doing algebra in spaces while holding all the other var variables constant. And, what makes it I more mean, difficult is that there's not enough people in the government. The IRS isn't big enough, especially with the hiring freeze, to handle all of this stuff going on. So they're not going to be able to really get to a lot of these issues, or at least. Like appro appro yeah. approach them appropriately until later on down the line when everyone's been doing things probably incorrectly or not at all. Oh man, yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, my, I, I mean, I'm just speculating here, but I'm guessing they probably don't even want to come out with 
um, you know, rules if they don't feel like they really understand it because they're probably worried that they're just going to create like a whole group of loopholes for like an army of accountants to exploit. So they probably don't want to say anything particularly for that reason. I mean, look what happens with the new, look what happened with the new tax code. It's just like all the hedge with, for corporations, like all the hedge funds immediately started opening LLCs in Delaware. And, and, you know, this IRS actually was responsive and like said, oh, we're going to disallow that. But that's kind of unprecedented. Usually it's like, oh, we wrote the tax code and we created all these loopholes that we didn't expect, but, you know, nice job figuring it out. And so then like companies get to take advantage of it for years. So in some ways, I kind of like to see that, that uh, proactive cracking down on that. I'm not sure if you guys saw that, but Mm -hmm. Basically, it was about the carried interest stuff. But what it comes down to is our tax code is just way too complicated. Like, why didn't they just get rid of carried interest instead of having to, like, play whack-a-mole with the, with the new loopholes they created? But uh, sorry for the, for the taxes rant. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I find it, as someone who has, like, made gains uh, over the years in crypto and then tried to materialize those gains into, like, real-life change... I worry about what happens afterwards. And I'm, and I'm a law abiding citizen. I try to do everything that I can to make sure that I am like abiding by the rules of the government. And I'm still scared of not doing it appropriately, probably because there's not really good guidance. And when you try and find material online, it says one thing and another thing's another thing. And it, it seems as though the best bet is to overpay your taxes in this scenario and then hope everything works out and they might give you some money back. But I don't really want to do that. Well, that's only if you're doing 1031 exchange, to be clear. Like that's the one that I think is really like it's aggressive to the point of, I mean, and they, they specifically changed the tax code in 2018 to restrict um, these 1031 exchanges. And like you say that that's, that's that's commonly referred to as like kind exchange, correct? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I should take a step back. But yeah, it's like basically you exchange one type of property for another type of property. It's typically used in real estate. Like if you exchange, I don't know, a house in California for a house in Wisconsin that you move to um, or or but people have tried to claim it for a number of things like ranches and dental practices and um, and coins and even like collectible coins like the IRS has ruled that swapping a silver coin for a gold coin didn't count. But it actually allowed like a silver coin for another silver coin one time. So the accountants I've talked to who are writing their clients' opinion letters, quote unquote opinion letters to the IRS, um, like backing up their treatment of using 1031 exchange for cryptocurrency to not pay taxes. They're like claiming, some of them are claiming that collectible coin exclusion. And it's just like, I don't know, people think that having an, an accountant opinion letter will shield them from the penalty. And maybe that's true, the 20% penalty. But I don't really know. I don't really know what the IRS is going to do about it. But it just seems like, um, you know, there's already a lot of ways to avoid paying crazy amounts of taxes, like using a better accounting method, using specific shares, like what what Token Tax does, that sells your most or sells your your least appreciated coins first. So instead of selling the Bitcoin you bought back in 2014 for you know $100, we're going to sell the one that you bought a, a month ago for 15,000. And, you know, then your, your gain is much smaller. So there's like a lot of things you can do that are reasonable to the IRS. And I think with the IRS, but yeah, I mean, what's crazy is I think almost everyone is a good, um, trying to be like a good citizen in the crypto space. And that's why I wanted to start token tax also, because I don't want the IRS to be adversarial with, with 
cryptocurrency and blockchain. Yeah, us either. That's why we want to have these conversations. We want as many people reporting and is trying to be like pragmatic and like, you know, like forthright about what it is they're doing so that they know that we're not all just trying to run away from owing money. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. A lot of people think token tax is like a way to hide your taxes. And that's not what it's about. It's about figuring out across all your exchanges when you're like trading coins for coins and it's really hard to get your US dollar basis and it's really hard to track manually. It's figuring out what your gains really are minimizing them by just using smarter accounting method, like specific shares as opposed to FIFO, but figuring out what you owe and then helping people file their taxes. Like we, we, and I mean, people made so much money in cryptocurrency. It's, it's a little, it seems a little bit aggressive to me to try to um, avoid paying taxes at all, especially because like people think blockchain is anonymous, but if anything, it's easier to track, you know? So, oh yeah. Then cash, but, but we'll see. I mean, people will try We'll see what people try and what the IRS actually says. But we anticipate having to rewrite our whole system based on whatever the IRS comes out and says. But I think eventually they're going to treat it like like stocks. And, you know, whatever rules there are about stocks, like wash sale rules, for example, like if you buy, if you, sorry, if you sell 10 shares of Apple because they've gone down in value since last month when you bought it to recognize a loss and then you buy the shares back the next day, the IRS doesn't let you do that. It's called a wash sale. Like you traded the exact same shares within 30 days to just just to recognize a tax loss. But I've heard a lot of accountants in the crypto space say that, oh, wash sales don't apply to cryptocurrency. So if that's the case, people right now could just harvest all their losses from any cryptocurrency they bought in the last month or they bought last year before the prices plunged. They could sell their Bitcoin and buy it back five minutes later and recognize a loss today, which will help block their taxes for 2018. And so stuff like that, I mean, maybe it will be allowed, um, but I, I, I expect the IRS to disallow that type of thing in the future. Like anything that smells wrong, they'll probably eventually say, yeah, don't do that. But, um, but who knows when that will be? I mean, it's shocking they haven't said anything yet. Like, I hope I don't make anyone mad by saying this, but like a lot of people in crypto have gotten very wealthy at this point. Like, don't be greedy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I like, you know, it's just like, be sensible here. Like, you know, like the IRS is very serious about what they do. They can come back and like get you like re retroactively. So I'm just saying like, be sensible. Like, even if you're like highly technical and you have the ability to obfuscate your, you know, transactional trail and, you know, remove yourself from the pseudonymity of like most, most blockchains. I would probably say, you know, if there was anything and you're looking like you were hiding your stuff, if there was any sort of task force that was going out there to try and, you know, track that down, they'd be looking for signs and signals of you doing that. And you're just going to get audited. For yeah. real. I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, um, yeah, it's, it's just not worth the risk. And like, you know, don't be greedy in that situation or, or in any situation. But I think, most people really are trying to pay their taxes and they're just hoping to get it right because it's so complicated and like a lot of people just don't know the basis in US dollars of the stuff they've been trading. So hopefully that that's, you know, people are, there's tools now to help people figure that out so they can at least pay their taxes. But yeah, I think, you know, the worst thing you can do is just completely ignore it. Like, you know, a lot of people are doing a 1031 exchange, just a PSA app for all of your listeners who are doing quote unquote 1031 exchanges but not putting it on their tax return, you have to actually put on your tax return that you did a 1031 exchange and explain what the assets are. Like you can't just say, oh, I did a 1031 exchange, but I didn't report anything. That's not like an option. That's the same thing as just like not paying your taxes at all and not telling them about it. 
So I think that's a really common misunderstanding. And I just, I don't want anyone to get totally screwed over by the IRS for that. So I'm trying to spread the word. So what you're saying is this entire conversation has been a lesson in why you should hoddle your assets. <laughs> <laughs> why you should just never sell them. Don't use bots. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great lesson in, in any investing. You know, look at the stock market. It's so volatile day in and day out. And programmatic traders are, you know, they're, you're, it's going to be hard to be better than them if you're just a guy trading on your own. But you can avoid taxes and you can avoid a lot of other fees and costs and trading costs by just holding. Like it's a great, a great lesson for all investing. Yeah, and, pick great assets, pick a good basket and just stick to yeah. your guns and then just let this ride out. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think what's tough is like, you know, if someone made a crazy amount of money in Ethereum, like a life changing amount of money, now they want to diversify. Well, if their gains are, you know, 99.9%, that's a huge amount of tax to pay just to get the diversification. And none of the banks will, will give them a loan against it. Like normally, if you built a company worth a billion dollars, you can just go to Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan, whatever, and they'll say, all right, give us some shares of your company. We'll give you cash today. You can avoid paying capital gains tax. And, but there's just no way to really do that with crypto, which is unfortunate. Like it needs, you know, in a lot of ways it's made, it was created to decentralize the banking system, but partnerships with the banking system would make it a lot more valuable in the interim. I think well, that's, thank a, you. that's a great way to end this conversation. So, Becky, I think you're about to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry for uh, so much technical talk. But oh, this no, is no, wonderful. Exactly, this is exactly what, the, what we wanted. Shows for, man. Don't worry. We can take it. And if the audience can't, they're going to go back and they're going to do their homework and they're going to be able to do this right. Or at least as right as we can possibly get it right. Because, you know, again, we're trying to like really build something that's going to be sustainable and long term. And the way we do that is we have to be, you know, cognizant and aware of like what sort of implications your involvement in this space bring. And you have and it's just further realization and think you're very early. And the fact that we don't even have clear and concise, you know, you know, regulatory guidance behind the, the taxes, the thing that the government focuses on the most is very most important to them. Right. So that's kind of an indicator of like where you're at. So, you know, it's like but get your assets, do your due diligence, you know, get out there. But just, you know, uh, just be 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 forefront and be honest with yourself. Like, are you trying to get in this to get out and get money? And you might end up getting yourself burned because you don't understand things from an accountant standpoint. Or do you want to get in this, learn about the technology and just stick to it till we figure it out together? Yeah, thank you. And, you know, if anyone has any follow up tax questions, they can if they reach out to you, you can pass them along to me or they can, you know, find me on Twitter. Or come check out Token Tax. Um, it's, and it's tokentax.us, right? Oh, yeah, it's tokentax.us. Um, my Twitter is at Zachary McClure, but we also have at Token Tax. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I mean, we're we're just tax nerds, so we love complicated tax situations and answering questions, as you could probably tell from this. The language might be a little technical, but we're getting better at ex- explaining it to everyone. So no, 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 no. Tax nerds are great. I have a feeling you're, you're in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the right spot. Yeah, it's finally useful. But anyway, thank you so much for having me on as a guest. Yeah, man, no problem. We're going to include links to your services and your Twitter handles and all that sort of stuff in the show notes so folks can can get down and dirty and start reporting. Perfect. All right, so how are you guys doing your crypto taxes? Um, I, we have, I, I myself personally, I just, I, I hired an accountant who also just so happens to be a crypto miner himself. Um, and he's also a huge, just like yourself, a huge tax nerd. So he's, um, you know, kind of like being pragmatic and make sure everything goes accordingly. 
Um, I'm not sure about uh, uh, Petty, but you know, my plan is to, you know, if I'm put in a situation where I'm looking at my taxes and I'm looking at, you know, what it is I, you know, like sold and what I owe, I would much rather personally um, overpay um, uh, and hope that the government will come in and rein in it further, only because I have confidence in my ability to make future gains as an early individual in this space. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, uh, I, I see it as another motivator for myself. I'm a part-time data scientist, so I've always kept a, a uh, I wouldn't say part-time, I'm a data scientist. So I, I keep a lot of track of what I'm doing, where it goes, and how things go. So I've basically hired a CPA to, to then tell me what I need to do with all of the data that I have for them so they can consult me properly. Yeah, you need a data science degree just to deal with your individual cryptocurrency yeah and he has a phd so <laughs> <laughs> i can just i can well that's the, i think that's the basis of this is that well, at least for me it if you're whatever you're gonna do at least keep track of what you do i've been in the space for a long time i've i've like played with almost every platform out there especially in the early days so like i my bitcoin my ethereum my other coins they have gone and been used on almost every platform so i need to keep track of all those things if i would like to try and figure out how I'm going to tax it appropriately. Because if without the record, you can't you can't do any of the things you need to do. You can't do the proper accounting practices. So at the very least, keep track of what you do and then figure out how you're going to tax it appropriately. Yeah, and I mean, if the IRS ever comes to talk to you, it's going to be pretty obvious that you made a good faith effort. Like yeah. they, they, they want everyone to be perfect, but if you tried your absolute best, then uh, you know I'm sure that's good enough to the IRS. Like this stuff is so complicated that... Um, yeah, it's I like, hope, hey, IRS, like, I'll teach you a little about crypto if you, like, give me a break on my tax For <laughs> real. <laughs> yeah, you guys can fund your budget and hire more people if you if you would invest some of it in crypto and keep up. But, yeah, I mean, continuous budget cuts in the IRS, like, it's only going to get worse probably for a, for a little while. So, But hopefully hopefully um, they come out with some automated tools to help them or or whatever, or work with the industry to come up with a good way to keep track of this and and uh, a better solution than what we have right now, which is just so messy. So, are you looking to are you looking to tokenize a token tax and make make everything really complicated for everybody for no reason, or do you plan on like doing like some sort of to, like Are you looking to grow this long term? Well, we've had a lot of inbound interest from people in other countries. So basically, we've been adapting our algorithm to you know take into account different. Some countries have like no capital gains on the first ten thousand and different rates, but it's not that different from the U.S. So we already have. Um, we already have clients in like three or four countries. So I think that is probably going to be the first step of expansion. And then there's a lot of tools that could be built on top of, you know, on top of our, our tax basis calculators. But I think you know, there are a lot of companies out there that do everything from tracking your portfolio and this and that. Um, so we want to just really get tax right and then maybe move into like, all right, you're investing here's some advice about how to do that in the most tax advantaged way. Like say, I really want to buy the whatever ICO, the, the video coin ICO. So which coin should I use to swap to get that video coin ICO? And we want like a dashboard to say, hey, here's your coins that are going to go long-term get capital gain in, in a week. So just wait a week. Don't use those coins. Instead, use some other coin or like purchase a new coin from here, a new, a new Bitcoin from here that you can use to buy the video coin to avoid capital gains taxes. It's going to be like, tax minimization oh. or tax optimization going forward. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. So hopefully I mean, that'll... It, it definitely does sound beautiful, but it sounds daunting, but at the same time, it does sound beautiful. <laughs> well, yeah, when we have that going, you guys will have to come check it out. 
Oh yeah, let us know. We're we're beta testers number one. Just send it our way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Zachary, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for tax nerding it out with us. You know, I I, I like I, I've been doing myself my and my, my my mother's taxes personally for the past like decade since I was like seventeen. So uh, it was it was it's nice to actually finally hear from a real legitimate professional on how to apply these taxes. Um, you know, outside of the other professional help that we've had. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are building the product that you're you're building. And hopefully it enriches other people and makes things a lot easier for them. Yeah, well that's that's our mission, making life easier for people to do the right thing. So um, yeah, have a good night, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Have a great day. This episode of Block Channel was sponsored by Bitcoin Cash. If you love Bitcoin, you're gonna love Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash is a hard fork of the original Bitcoin legacy chain and features an eight megabyte block size and a flexible difficulty adjustment algorithm that enables it to more easily handle large fluctuation in the network hash rate. Bitcoin Cash was created and quickly adopted due to its potential to provide a sound store of value in medium of exchange while still enjoying low network transaction fees and the security of SHA-256 proof of work. If you're interested, check out bitcoincash.org to learn more about how this asset can help you and how you can start using it for buying goods and services today. You can't tell me shit right now. 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 I've seen things, a few sins I couldn't bear. I've had doubts, but you can't.